0: All right, guys. So going to the dentist is not something I don't think many people like to do. I know personally, it's something that I'm always dreading every six months or every year that I go to the dentist. But I got to admit, since I've been going to Green Mountain Dental Group, and I say this honestly, like I actually really enjoy going to the dentist. I don't know if I look forward to it, but I don't mind going. Green Mountain Dental Group is an awesome place to go. They are top-notch in their field, and they just make it a super enjoyable experience for me and for a lot of us at DNVR who have used them to get cavities filled, to get wisdom teeth pulled, to just get cleanings. So check them out today. They're located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver, and Green Mountain Dental Group is hooking all you guys up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. All you got to do is schedule your cleaning, x-ray, and exam so check them out today get a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam it's
1: jarring to see it we always see the photo you don't always see the uh, the actual video of it when you see the video and it just like nonchalantly pops up at the bottom it's like wow it's
0: pretty great so it's still on uh, Taco Bell's menu
1: no, so the, on the Cowards took Kenya? it off. Took Can you believe off. Jokic lasted longer than the Quesarito? This is incredible. Unbelievable. This is incredible.
0: Also, he so wasn't even a center. It wasn't
1: even a center a power forward. They drafted a power forward by the name of Nikola Jokic. Uh, how about the
2: timing of um, two things you've always wanted to see together, right as Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic.
1: Oh, you're right! <laughs> There's another one. Exactly. Uh, Alright, welcome in everybody to Monday edition of the DNBR Nuggets podcast. No, Eric today. He's off doing something we don't even know what he's doing, but it is draft week. It's free agency week. Free agency is upon us, guys. We're live. We're, live into, we're deep into the free agency game. Moves are already happening. Deals are already being discussed and agreed upon so we're going to talk about all of that i'm your host Adams i'm joined by the man with the wind in his hair a monday fresh 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 haircut or fresh fresh hairstyle looking handsome I'm struggling here it's hair
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah got a little cut for uh for the show tomorrow did you really Look tune at- in wednesday night mark your calendar
1: I know, I can't wait. 5 baby. p.m. chart. so good. It's gonna be so good. And then down there, looking handsome as always, it's sprint and vote. Gonna make my own quesarito tonight. We'll Ooh. see how it goes. I
2: might post a picture.
1: So I actually found, this is apropos of nothing, I actually found this uh, YouTube channel where this guy, the chef, remakes famous fast food items at home. And it's actually a pretty hilarious channel. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on YouTube, a lot of time. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk later on in the show. We're gonna have our updated big board. I think this is our final big boards, you know, Maybe Wednesday. There's a move. There's a little bit of a change here or there. We'll we'll talk about it on the show. But it's funny because we did this one week ago. Last Monday, we talked about our big boards and who we like for the Nuggets at 22. My list is completely different now. I'm not gonna lie. Like the order of it, it's mostly the same players, but the order is is meaningfully different um, as I've gotten more and more into the draft. We're also gonna p- talk about some second rounders. But we're going to start today with some of the news, of which there is quite a bit. Let me pull up. Did I? I mean, did I? Oh, no. There it is. Here's my news board. Um, so obviously, the big news. We're here. Trade season is upon us. And one deal has already been agreed upon, it seems. We're well, actually, a couple deals. The big one, though, is Chris don't Paul. Don't forget Oklahoma about City
0: that uh, Nets-Pistons deal, Adam. Don't don't forget about yeah, that. <laughs> it's so funny, man,
1: because I remember really liking Tana Musa, Um you know, back, he, he was all he was like so cocky. He, you his interview interview. Yes. Yeah. he his oh, was workout. so cocky, and you're just like, wow, yeah. this guy's really confident. It turns out he just sucks. So, um, <laughs> but not, nonetheless, we, we do, we should, we have so much to get to, guys. Today, Chris Paul gone from Oklahoma City now, uh, with the Phoenix Suns and the, the, what was traded, what was included in that deal has continues to stack the deck for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, let me look at see if I can pull up all of the pieces here um does anybody have Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lacu and a 2022 first round pick so that's another t- another draft pick in, in Oklahoma City's Arsenal they now have 17 draft picks going <laughs> forward between now and 2027 that's absurd. Where do you want to start? 17. Where do you want to start with this, Harrison, with Oklahoma City or with Phoenix? Where do you think the bigger story or the most
0: more urgent story lies? Probably Phoenix, uh, because I think it's a win-win deal for both sides. But with Phoenix, I think this takes them from a team who, you know, you probably really weren't worried about as like a team that's maybe they like would fight for the seven or eight seed. But I feel like this jumps them up a tier for sure. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul, we saw what he could do last season in Oklahoma City. I think it's a great move for Phoenix. It just makes them, like, way more of a real team in the West. Like, Denver's still, obviously, I think, a tier above them for sure. But In the comments, let us know about what he just said, because that's
1: one of my questions is, are the Phoenix Suns now – A threat to the Denver Nuggets. Are they a good team that's like, okay, they're going to be tough, or are they like, hey, man, they might be as good as the Nuggets next year?
0: I think they're going to be a tough out for sure, but I don't think they're in the Nuggets tier. But I just love what this could do for the Suns, for Devin Booker, and for DeAndre Ayton, who's going to get a play with Chris Paul (laughs) right now. That's like the biggest Christmas gift he could have ever asked for.
1: Yeah, I
2: think it's a win for the league. I mean, we could easily be talking about him going to another contender or forming a super team, but we're talking about him going to a team that everyone enjoys that just had a fun bubble run um, that is better than their record suggests in a tough conference, and now they're going to be very competitive. I don't think they're contenders, but there's a ton of middle ground between missing the playoffs, winning the finals, and what an organization should aspire to. The name of the game is trying to get better. They got a lot better. You have to try for Devin Booker. You have to try for Ayton, and you have to try for your fans. Um, at a certain point, that son's culture is just going to continue to tank. When I started watching basketball, that organization was cool. They were relevant. This Which is one? a good first step in, in that direction.
1: Phoenix? You're talking about Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I actually think Phoenix is on the right track, and they already got there with a, with a coach that's perfect for sort of where they were at in Williams. So I think that they are a team that, to me – I actually I don't think they're quite contenders like Denver is, but I think they're huge threats. Chris Paul in my opinion, this might this might sound like a hot take, although I think it's less of a hot take after the season he just had. I think he's one of the more underrated players of my generation, of my lifetime, right? He's roughly my age. So of of watching this this time, like a lot of people think of him as this choker and certainly he has like some high profile bad playoff performances, but He's really good, and his teams always seem to be really good with him and not so great once he leaves them. I think that you now have Booker, who looks like he might be in line for a Jamal Murray-esque leap. Like, he's a really good player. we just never seen him on these, this type of stage. And DeAndre Ayton, who I think is a great player, has really grown into it. I, I was low on him in his rookie year. He, I, he really won me over this last year. I think that the Phoenix Suns are going to be a really tough out. And then, you know, we'll see how else they assemble and put the pieces together with their team. The rumor where they want to bring back Dario Saric. Um, You know, they they have some pieces, bridges. So um, I I think that's a really, really, really good team. And that's a team that if Denver matches up with them in a playoff series, I still pick Denver. But that's just another team that you look at and you go, damn, what a tough out. That's going to be a tough one. The West has, by my count, like 12, 13 really good teams that – if Denver matched up with him in a playoff series, it would be a tough playoff series. If we go to the other side of this deal and we look at Oklahoma City, Sam Presti, one of the best in the biz. Russell Westbrook is an untradeable contract. Do we have that thing I, I, I pulled up earlier? I think Cale, if, if you want to look it up, I think it was StatMuse on, on Twitter put this out, M-U-S-E. But if he, you look at Russell Westbrook, he is an untradeable contract right now in Houston, the Rockets would love to move him on. But apparently there's no dr- I think the, the words uh, that were used by Woj was it's a barren market for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, if you look at what Sam Presti did, he flipped what West- Russell Westbrook into an all star season of Chris Paul that got them into the playoffs. Kelly Oubre Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lequeux. I'm, I, don't th- I think I'm saying that I don't know Jalen Lequeux. I don't know this guy. Um, three first round picks and two pick swaps. So that's a hell of a haul for a guy that right now can't be traded. And that team is set up now with 17 first round draft picks. It's probably a ways out for them, maybe a year or two before they start to really become a threat. But they, to me, are set up better than Sam Hinkie's 76ers were. You want to talk about a trust the process team? To me, I look at Oklahoma City and I go, my God, this almost can't miss for these guys.
0: Yeah, and they've got the draft picks and uh, the perfect time period too with these stacked drafts on deck like next year and in 2021 and i'm (laughs) sure after that i don't know what's going to happen with the one and done rule but so that's the thing a lot of these picks
1: have been pushed to 2022 and this is also pertinent when we start to talk about denver and drew holiday later on but um, it sounds like Gavoni was Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN was reporting earlier today that the 2022 draft, a lot of people expected it to the, be the last year, the one and done rule. So it'd be like a double draft because all the best high schoolers and college kids would be coming at the same year. Sounds like with how the pandemic has shaped everything that might get pushed back a year. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of these picks
0: 2022 picks now have lost value a little bit. Yeah, but all of these huge contracts that we say are untradeable. Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, it only takes one team. It only takes one team, and like the Rockets last year, it only takes uh, a star player kind of requesting that they trade for a Russell Westbrook type to get those deals to be right. done. So I'm cautious to say that there are like any untradeable contracts in this league anymore because it only takes one team, and I think in the right circumstance, anything can be moved.
2: When how quickly things change. I mean, Chris Paul played himself way back up in terms of value I know Houston was this close, but he also got hurt it was towards the end of his career. And I guess you could say maybe not drastically so, but, but starting to trend down compared to his peak. So at the time, the conversation was also like, what, you know, what does Houston do with Chris Paul? Can you even move Chris Paul's contract?
1: <laughs> so things do
2: change pretty quickly. Um, But look, there's no there's no question that if you're trying to rebuild um, winning in the meantime, having a super dope fun season and then
1: getting all of the picks the way Sam Presti has is a good strategy. James Harden, by the way. He has Chris Paul. Everybody's like, I don't know Chris Paul. You can't really trade him except for another untradeable guy in Westbrook. That's the trade. <laughs> Turns out Chris Paul's actually awesome. Then you get Russell right.
0: Westbrook. It's like, can't trade Russell Westbrook. Man, this guy sucks. So maybe there's a maybe there's a problem here. Um, so, somehow, somehow, Adam, Stan Presti's still going to lose out on executive of the year to, uh, to uh, whoever brings in, to who brings in Serge Ibaka this summer. <laughs> it's either going to go to Brooklyn or or Or
1: the Lakers. Is is your uh Cale, is Harrison's audio like ducking underneath every time he talks? Something something's weird going on with him. Or every time somebody talks over him, which is often. Um (laughs) uh, We we should probably talk about we haven't talked about this James Harden rumors. There's a lot of sort of mixed information, but James Harden possibly going to Brooklyn. Um, again, some of the stuff might be keeping an eye on Twitter now, as we talk, because some of the stuff is going to be happening, you know, pretty, pretty quick. You can, in the comments, if you're watching wrong, you see something, you can let us know, but James Harden now allegedly linked to Brooklyn. Maybe, maybe Brooklyn's going to pick him up and make a big three out there would be the weirdest big three in history. Um, but this is, you know, Houston. A year ago, said they like the team. We're not going to do any changes. We like the direction we're in. Now you got um, Mike D'Antoni's out. You got Daryl Morey's out. And now it sounds like they would like to move Westbrook. Nobody wants him. Maybe they move Harden because Harden wants out. Um, What do you make of this report? Vote is this? Somebody I saw. I saw a conspiracy theory on Twitter that I I think might be accurate. Danny Age is known for like scrambling (laughs) like disinformation to like make trades, and he wants Drew Holiday. So maybe you try to like take Brooklyn out of this or something. I don't know. Um, But what do you make of of these rumors?
2: I mean, until I hear Woj sort of like really doubling down on the idea that there's real momentum behind that, I'm very skeptical. Um, I don't know how much sense that would make. I do think the Nets are now in this Lakers tier of national spotlight, enough aggregate talent that we are going to hear them involved in every potential trade going forward. And that Chris LaVert is now the next best asset in the league and all these things. Like, so there's going to be, (laughs) I think a disparity between the, the noise we're hearing about Brooklyn's involvement and their level of involvement in
0: any of these rumors going forward. Um, From from a Nuggets perspective, if the Nets get James Harden, that obviously takes him out of any running for Drew Holiday. So that would be good news for Denver. Uh, If that trade went through, man, I know there's only one ball, but like the Nets will be heavy favorites in the East, right? James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Like, Harden going from having to, like, do everything in Houston for the last two years to just playing next to those two guys, I mean, like, could life get any easier for him? They're, like, real personality questions if that
1: were to happen. But the truth is, like, all three of them can are elite shooters. All it's three of incredible. them are elite one-on-one players. Like, it would be hard. Basketball's a hard game when you have guys with have, like, offensive weaknesses. Because, like, okay, we have to have this guy over here. And this guy does this thing. And the timing's important. When your guys can just always beat their man off the dribble, it's actually pretty easy. It's not, a, not that complicated of a game at all. So, I see people saying, like, I don't know if it'll work. The only question is if those guys would fight in the locker room over a YouTube conspiracy video. That's I don't know, That's the only man. reason.
2: I don't know. I mean, look, the team would be very good. Uh, they would be favorites in the East, but I have questions about a team that, like, who's the leader on that team? You know, I mean, that's what I, I mean. There, those
1: are those are the questions.
2: There are questions about the defense. I think of Kyrie and James Harden. I mean, you've got, um, uh, I don't know, Ky- Kyrie's career without LeBron not so great. You know, Katie's career as a leader and leader by example <laughs> not so great. Uh, Katie is also coming off of his an Achilles tear, and the last time that Harden was this off ball like aficionado was what like a decade ago. It's been a while. I mean, it's been a while. he's been like the the center of his own universe now for quite some time. So, look, would they be
1: instant contenders? Total nightmare, yes. But I would have some questions about the fit. Imagine if Denver played them how many fouls they would draw. I mean, it would just be like a 100 fouls. Jokic would foul out in four minutes playing against those guys. Um, But I don't want to do... So here's the thing that I think. Here's my only take on this Harden thing. I put this on Twitter the other day. I might have reacted immediately. The motion was speaking more than, than anything else. But... I really freaking hate this league. Like, I love them. My love for the Denver Nuggets is so inversely correlated. And I don't want to do the thing that the NBA wants me to do, which is sit here and talk about how cool and interesting the Brooklyn Nets would be if they would acquire a third superstar and coerce their way into this thing. So, anyway, Fm, That's my take on the, uh, on the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> this, happens, is, dude, yeah. this
2: is why it's cool that Chris Paul went, went to Phoenix. Like, I know it doesn't shake up the league, but it's cool. Like, there was movement. We can celebrate that as a fun off season like dynamic development that doesn't make you want to like do something else for a living
1: mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I, I totally agree I'd also you know as we talk about and I'm going to really play this note hard on our Wednesday show so let's I'll, I'll kind of tease it here but it's one of the things that has made Denver just so interesting to us over the last six years is that it really hasn't it's just been a step-by-step process and of course they have the we don't skip steps moniker now they're at the final step so i don't know if you if there is such a thing as skipping a step now you only have one more step to go so any way you can get there works but to me it's what makes denver so interesting is it's like you know what if you can block out everything else that's happening in the nba and just do your own thing kind of dance Mm -hmm. to the beat of your own drum and make it work that would just be so much more rewarding and Part of me i think about that with this true holiday stuff and i think about that when i see people writing you know us or adding nuggets fans or nuggets writers or whatever and saying oh they overvalue their players it might be true but there's also just this like sentimental value that is not nothing in sports sometimes a sentimental value is as important as whatever other thing you have it's like hey we like doing things our way we like our guys it's close enough that right. you know we'd rather do it this way and i think there's a little bit of that going on for the nuggets Some other quick hitting news here that I think is important. The first one, this is probably the most important, two-way contracts next year. Usually, Bull Bull's on a two-way contract, by the way. Usually, players on two-way contracts can only be with the team for 45 days. The league hasn't really defined what 45 days means. It could travel, practice, games. That's for for clarity. But other things, it's been ambiguous. They've thrown that out. Now it's going to be 50 games. And I think this is a big deal because Bull Bull, who is, you know, who's on that two-way contract i don't think even if he's on the roster i would have been surprised if he played 50 games anyway that would have been about the amount of games they want they would have played him so now i look at it and i go sweet bull bull's on a two-way but he's basically on the team and he's going to be able to stay with the team the entire year and i think that'll be really good for him and by the way if you get through the first 10 games of the season and he doesn't play or or, you know first 20 games and he's only played 10 you basically don't have to worry about it just play him like he's on the roster the rest of the year and, and you're probably set
0: yeah, the key here is that they switched the quote unquote days to games because I, I never really like understood nobody the 45 did. days. No did. Like yeah. the, the Nuggets over the last couple of years to like conserve Tory Craig's uh, days with the team on a two-way so during his rookie year, he was having to fly like on a southwest flight to games <laughs> by himself. So he wouldn't be with the team on that travel. Like he was having to practice like after the entire team had practiced. So that didn't accrue one of his days. <laughs> that was always so stupid. But the great thing is, like you said, Adam, Bowles going to be able to like practice with this team full time and, and not have to worry about those days he's using up.
2: And then, what would the window be? You know, should Denver decide they still want to convert him to a full time spot? Like, what would their sort of window be after this season on making that decision? Do we know
1: how the two way works? I had Danny Larue on the other day who talked about this, but it sounds like Denver is in in pole position to retain in him, even control. if they should if they should okay. do this entire this play out the entirety of the contract. So. I don't think that that's a concern in fact i think it makes it more likely that bowl remains on this two-way contract sure. for the entire season um mm-hmm. which I, I again i think would have happened either way but um it, it helps for denver a couple other quick notes the date deadlines the i believe jeremy grant has until november 19th to decide on his player option Monte morris Guaranteed date is the 20th, and Kata Bates' Diop's contract becomes guaranteed on the 23rd. Only reason those are important is because everything's going to happen in such a condensed window that I don't know that that would have mattered anyway. Once Wednesday arrives, I think all the pieces are going to start falling, um, and then free agency two days later. This just Those are just the deadlines now. Denver probably will have a good idea of what they want to do after the draft, but um, you know all those guys will have those decisions to make. Is there any other news and notes we need to get to? Oh, I guess actually one other thing. When we talk about Houston possibly blowing it up, I saw a lot of, yeah, we'll talk about this on the other side. Uh, Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker, a lot of people throwing that in the mentions. Can Denver try to poach like they did with Jeremy Grant? When there was the fire sale in Oklahoma City, Denver didn't get the main piece. They got the side piece and, and Jeremy Grant turned out to be a good one. Could a
0: similar thing happen? Um, we'll talk about that on the other side. Yeah, week 10 of footballs in the books, guys. There's it's time to read the tape. Get ready for week 11. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you, haven't t- if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store. You don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. When signing up rough on me yesterday, using guys. promo code DNVR, I know our parlay didn't work out, but I did. <laughs> I did not quite. Parlay did not work out. Um, I did cash out on the Justin Johnson winning the masters though. No, got a Nice, uh, nice little odds boost on DJ. I feel that you had locked that in for the lock of the week. Yeah. yeah, Maybe okay. next week. Um Tons of it's tons of stuff to bet on football uh, this week, collegiate and pro on DraftKings. Of course, it's super easy on DraftKings. One of my favorite things about DraftKings is it's like so easy to deposit and withdraw. Like it's dangerously easy how, we, how easy this to <laughs> just deposit money into your account and uh, bet on whatever. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up and get up to $1,000, that's code DNVR, to get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires a 25X playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling prom call 1-800-522-4700. And if you're tuning in, if you're listening, hope you were in the DNVR Masters over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, we do tournaments on WGT World Golf Tour, the official Tough game partner <laughs> that of DNVR every it's weekend. A loser
1: weekend for me. Yeah, He's a uh, real loser all weekend.
0: Yeah, Adam's still trying to get in the sub three hundred club for the close so, to the pin so challenge. <laughs> so maybe, here's what happened. Maybe next week. So Harrison went played before me,
1: and then I was on the ninth, the last shot, and I'm ahead of Harrison and with a, in great position to beat him. Right yeah. into the bunker for, like, this horrible, horrible penalty. And then he beat me by 100. I went from beating him to losing by, like, 50%. It was terrible.
0: The key with close to the pin challenge, just get it on the green. It is just true. get yeah. it on the green. Don't, like, try to get in the hole. Just just play a little conservative. Get it on the green. Uh, but, you guys, download WGT from dnvrgolf.com. And then what you need to do, is search for the DNVR 3 Country Club. That way you'll be entered into all the tournaments that we nope, do. Nope, and- DNVR 4. We filled up. Oh, three. we're filled up on DNVR three. We're on four now. You got to find DNVR four. DNVR four. So we've got that's like five hundred people playing WGT in like the DNVR community. That's crazy. It's crazy. So.
1: All right. Um. So the Rockets should they blow it up? And I know that's a big should. I've heard varying different things. One. Oh, this was a thing that's been talked about for a while. Thank you, buddy. I- I've heard that this is a thing that has been talked about quite a bit, the hard end to Brooklyn. Maybe it's closer to a done deal than is being reported. Of course, who was it that uh, – oh, it was Donovan Mitchell over the weekend that said, I love how Woj goes from teams are talking to negotiations are taking place to done deal within 10 minutes. And that is how these things come out. Like will just be like, "Ooh, I'm hearing Harden to Brooklyn. Harden to Brooklyn is a done deal." Um, so this could be or it could be nothing. I mean, there's a lot of conflicting reports out there, but should it happen? And the Rockets are tearing it down and starting over. Robert Covington and PJ Tucker. A lot of people in the mention saying that that's that's guys they'd like. Vote. What's your take on that? What what should Denver are those guys Denver should be all all about or maybe it might cost too much. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's some reservation when you start considering what it might cost in terms of the trade itself and then in terms of whose minutes it costs you. And, again, people are going to feel differently about who plays here, um, particularly MPJ. But either of those guys are defensive studs who are great catch-and-shooters. And And it's really, really easy to see their fit um, in a variety of lineups, but particularly the starting lineup. And I think if it was a guy like Rocco – and, like, let's say Grant does come back. I mean, the idea, like, now you start talking about the possibility of having a quite good defense. And maybe keeping MPJ on the bench becomes um, appealing or, or at least something you have to consider. I don't know,
1: man. Um, is, this jumping the is, this, wait, is this a Michael Mal- uh, Michael Malone wearing a Brendan Vote costume here? But Look, I mean, there are a lot of people who want 3 and D. There are a lot of people
2: who want better D and better catch and shoot. And, and those two guys are, are obvious solutions to that
0: problem. Yeah, uh, I I love both PJ Tucker and and Robert Covington. I, I lo- love them both as players. Uh, I think Covington's probably a bit of a natural fit here in Denver. I've thought over the last couple of years he could be a really good fit here. Uh, the thing is, like, if he's available right now, the Nuggets have to see what happens with Drew Holiday before you know right. trying to like do a Robert Covington deal because like, would you do twenty two and. Uh, some salary for Covington, like maybe, but you've got to see if the Pelicans want that twenty-second pick in the holiday deal first.
1: Covington and Grant, so both of them together, yeah, that would be. I mean, that'd be intriguing. I think. I mean, so I like Nicholas's comment here. PJ Tucker's thirty-five. I mean, he is—that's old, guys. Like that's—I know he's still good. I'm thirty-five. That I, I, I hurt when I do anything. I'm thirty-five or thirty. I'm thirty. Thirty-six. I'm thirty-six. I'm almost. He'll, he's. We're basically the same age. So he. Um, so I don't know about him as as much. And then also, there's this. There aren't two more different offenses than the Houston offense and the Denver offense. The Denver offense succeeds most when there's ball movement, free flowing. Everybody's kind of involved. The Houston offense, PJ Tucker is a spot up standstill guy. He's in the corner just for the entirety of the possession, just like this, you know, waiting to catch a, a pass to shoot. So I don't know that it translates quite as much. Covington is the one that's really interesting. I mean, he's really, you know, obviously would be a great fit. I do worry though because Michael Porter. I just am such a believer in him. And if Robert Covington was here, I mean, come on, how could you not play him over over Michael Porter? Maybe it ends up working out this or that, but I just, I don't know. So I'm a little more lukewarm on 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 those. On, on those trades or th- those ideas, but you know we'll see. If what you takes. if
2: you could keep Grant, get Drew Holiday, and then add Robert Covington, I'm all in. But
1: so then you-, you lose MPJ. Is this the, MPJ uh, might demand a trade at that point? No,
2: no. Then you keep MPJ.
1: Okay, all right. Well, you know what, you get everything. And then you sign Serge Ibaka as well. Okay, yeah. Serge so yeah. Ibaka. Okay, sweet. Um, uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Um Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. We'll see. There's too many could powers. um
0: could Covington be a two?
1: Could you start the Could two? It?
0: Could MPJ be a two?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, at a certain point, we're getting so weird. I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but we got to move on. Last thing here. Happy birthday to Bull Bull. He is uh, 21 years old today. I don't know if you guys knew that. There's a little nugget for you. It's, uh, a no way they would that. deal
0: Bull on his birthday,
1: right? <laughs> yes, I didn't even think about that. So the Drew Holiday <laughs> deal
0: got pushed to tomorrow.
1: FYI. Um, Oh, man, I love this one. This is a great comment from my guy, Edgar, and it leads us directly into our updated mock draft 2020. The draft is two days away, and we are now going to reveal the guys that we have um, that that we're the highest on for this draft. Uh, We did this last week, but there might be a little bit of movement. The way I want to schedule this or structure this is, first, let's talk about guys that probably are not available at 22. They're projected a little bit before, but who you know, maybe Denver trades up or maybe just they fall. Like, I mean, Michael Porter, we've made this mistake two years in a row where we never talked about Bull Bull. We never talked about Michael Porter Jr. And they both ended up falling despite there being no intel prior to the draft that those guys might fall as far as they did. So let's start off by talking about guys that are projected to go higher, comfortably higher, but that if they should fall, you you would really like them. Um, And vote. do you want to start with your list and and just kind of see what names are on that list?
2: Sure. Do you want me to go through my whole list or just give you a name?
1: I want you to give me like, let's say two, three, four, whatever he feels comfortable with of guys. And again, these are guys that are projected. I'm not talking about, you know, Anthony Edwards or anything like that. I'm talking about guys that are projected 10 to 20, but you know, maybe they'll fall.
2: So three guys I've seen all over the place um, that I think none of them are necessarily great fit, but you talk about that kind of talent. If it's there at 22, it's hard to ignore. Poku, um, RJ Hampton and Tyrese Maxey. Oh, interesting. Uh, okay. I'm not necessarily wild about either Hampton or Maxi, but I I just think if they were somehow there, you know, at twenty, it's just enough enough talent. You probably take it. Maybe consider that an asset to stick it in your back pocket. Um, Poku, I think for obvious reasons. I'm curious what you guys think about that list, though.
0: What do you think, Wind? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm all in on Poku. I mean, I tweeted out today that the Nuggets are, are really interested in him, but the thing is i don't think he gets to 22. you know i could right. see a team like taking a chance on him in the lottery uh for Let sure say, actually so. i'm
1: going to disagree with that i, I do th- i hard money that he is before 22 but I, to me it wouldn't shock me if he fell like we've seen different things happen i think with the thunder having as many picks as they do like there's more chance that they're going to aim for one of these high upside guys they just they can afford it yeah. so they're the team I worry about most. Maybe Dallas after that, but um, but he's interesting. We should also mention here: Pogoshevsky, eighteen-year-old Serbian player playing actually in the Greek second league. Seven foot, two hundred pounds, which is like um, he's a real thin. It's like if you made a uh, bowl bowl a little bit skinnier um, and he, but he's great passer. Great. You know, has a lot of like guard skills. He almost looks like a seven foot small forward in a lot of ways. So he has, a. The, if people haven't heard, that's kind of the, the
0: skinny on him. Mm-hmm. If he's there at 22, I could see uh, that being the pick for Denver. A couple other guys who are going to go, Definitely uh, way before 22, potentially like right in that 9, 10, 11, 12 range. That would be just great fits on Denver, I think. Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton. Those are the two guys in the top 10 (laughs) that I would just love for the Nuggets if there was somehow a way to get them. And then the other guy on my list. You got to describe who these guys are, though, before you get there, because uh, we're, we're assuming the audience has heard
1: of these guys. And a lot of people are tuning in this week for the draft but let me just say Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's projected like top seven. I mean, I don't think he'll thinking he might fall or Denver trades. I just don't think that's too realistic, but you know who he reminds me of? Who's that? Little Lonzo. He's got a little Lonzo in his game. Actually quite a bit of Lonzo, just a better like finisher and shooter. I big fan of Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah.
0: Halliburton is just like a super high IQ guard who can like fit into any type of system like he needs, needs some refinement like the pick and roll game his handle's not super tight but yeah. just a super smart player who it seems like he's going to be a factor in the league and then Vassell like six seven wing mm-hmm. who just seems like he's going to be a great shooter but then a great defender as well on the ball and off the ball he's super long smart player just seems like he'd be the perfect piece uh, in Denver on the wing. And then the last guy on my list, who I thought would be in Denver's range at 22, but ESPN's latest mock has him going 13, Sadiq Bey out of yeah. Villanova, who I don't think has the ceiling that a lot of like the lottery type prospects do, but I love his shooting. He's arguably the best shooter in the draft super smart player he's like six foot eight with an NBA body too and he's a really high IQ defender as well on and off the ball and I I don't know if he's gonna be an all-star I I doubt he'll be an all-star but he just seems like a plug-and-play guy he's gonna have a long career in the league
1: so Sadiq Bey is my number one of these guys and again part of this is you know like what's realistic and what's not because obviously I think a guy there's guys like Halliburton you said that I like I just I think they have no chance I'll of falling. Agree. Sadiq Bey, maybe. Probably not. Um, but I love him. You're, you're absolutely right. He's a Villanova guy. A sophomore. Um, 6'10", wingspan, 6'8", body. So he's got the body of, of what you're looking at. I agree. I don't think he's a star, but I think he's a star in his role type player, super high IQ, great off ball, the type of guy that can, and I know this sounds silly, but the type of guy that if you swing the ball and he's open, can knock it down, you swing the ball and there's one more pass to make, he can make it. Or if you swing the ball and the defense is closing out, he could put it on the floor and get past him. Like to me, that's what you need to be. That's what Denver needs. Maybe other teams at 10, 11, 12 are looking for more upside. But Denver, I think, looks at him and goes, man, that guy you could plug right in today and he could probably play at the NBA level and um, and going forward, I think he'll be good. So um, I don't think he'll be available unless Denver moves up or something like that, but I absolutely love him. Um, Tyrese Maxey, you, you mentioned, but you didn't really talk about what type of player he is. Um, I really like him as well. Shifty, um, strong, he's been compared to, <laughs> I've seen comp- comparisons to like Derrick Rose and to like Kyle Lowry. I know those guys are a little bit different, but... Just an aggressive, um, you know, good point guard who um, I don't know. Like uh, he, he can do a little bit of everything. He can um, he can drive. He can manage. He can get to the rim. I think Denver needs that quick first step guy. I think he's that. What he what, can you defend more. too. You can defend and he can defend. Yep.
2: So there's some buts. Like he's a, a, a very strong defender, but only six three. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just isn't terrible. It's not great. He can do a little bit of everything. Probably a ceiling on him as like a secondary type of playmaker. You know, he's a score first type of guard who doesn't necessarily flourish with a jumper per se. I mean, he's, he's pretty adept at, at getting himself lanes to the rim. Um, he can shoot off the dribble within the perimeter, go in either direction, but he's just not like a dead eye shooter. So this is a guy that I think probably realistically
1: you're hoping can give you a burst off the bench sometime soon. I love the way he shadows on defense, man. I mean, that guy, you know, there's some defender. that He's like that small, super quick, shifty guy offensively, but on defense too, especially, I would say on defense, where like guys will make a crossover and he'll go for the fake and recover and he's just so yeah. quick, like shadowing defenders that I think he have been interesting. But you guys know my thing. If you're short, I just get so nervous anytime Denver talks about getting anybody that's 6'3 or whatever. Especially but... if
2: you're not a lights-out shooter. I don't know. To yeah. me, just like it's the best way to justify your – your size
1: pokushevsky's right there for me and then um you know precious achua um who i think is another guy that's really interesting i I don't quite see it as much as everybody else seems to like i think he's really good i think he'll he'll be an nba player but i don't know that he'll ever be like a a super high impact do-it-all defender i think he'll be more of a like a little bit more of a he's good against this type but not against that type of defender which um you know again if he fell to 22 that's a great pick but if it's you know, if you're picking at 12-11, I'd be a little bit more worried. Our, our buddy Dan Marenga here
0: from Portland says, hands off Poku. Um, Every maybe. fan base wants, <laughs> wants Poku. 30 you know, team fan bases want Poku right now.
1: It's Everybody wants the, uh, the, like, super high upside, and he represents that. Um, by the way, we watched Chet Holmgren the other day. Mm. I would see a picture of that guy. I've only seen a picture. I've seen the mixtapes or whatever. I thought that guy would be a scrub. He was so impressive. I was so <laughs> impressed with that dude. And that guy. I know he's going high schoolers, but he was, I mean, he was like know, Kevin Garnett out there, you know, like, with only shooting the three better. It was crazy. By
2: the way, regrets would inform Jeff Morton. If you're still watching the show, the kids are just chucking threes. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of three-pointers going
1: on. There are a lot of three-pointers U-level. with the kids um all right let's get it. Is there anybody else worth talking about up on the top of the draft i mean i don't know if any of these guys are going to fall anyway but vote looks like you have one
2: well i was just going to say that i actually don't know how much of a reach precious is he i can't get it. he's can one, one of those guys I
1: climbed and then he fell yeah. again so it's it's a little mm-hmm. weird he might yeah. be there
0: um i'm, I'm probably not a, a, as high on precious as a lot of other people are just because like It seems like we're projecting a ton with him. He's also not as young as you think. He was a freshman, but I'm pretty sure he's already 21. Uh, And, and like, you love the athleticism. You you think he should have a good jumper. He, He seems like he could be, like, a real factor defensively at the next level. But I feel like we are projecting a lot there.
1: Um, this is hilarious to me. Cade, he's not wrong. These guys are types, but you know, it's, you know, how you always compare the, the Euro to other Euros with dread guys, dread guys. They all, there's like a type. It's the Farid Mantra's type. And of course it's you with the long hair as well. So, uh, it always cracks me up, but you're also, I think happen to be right. But I do wonder like if, if some of these guys had longer hair, if we'd always be like, you know, he reminds me of Farid. Um, (laughs) all right let's get into our let's let's briefly kind of dive into our guys that are probably at 22 and at the top of the list harrison of guys that you feel are pretty confident are going to be at 22 who is your number one guy
0: this guy could go a tad before 22 but jalen smith for me he's number uh, one wow
1: he was mine last week
0: i've got him number one right now um I just think he's going to be a really solid NBA player. And I know like the Nuggets have their front court pretty solidified, but he's going to shoot threes. He's going to rebound. He's probably going to block some shots. I think there's some questions about him as like a playmaking big, like his passing, uh, his ability to be a playmaker. There's a lot of legit questions there, Uh, but just, just as like a role player, a a secondary option, a, a guy who could, be a factor, an offensive threat on a bench unit. Uh, I just feel like he's going to come into the league and like really produce. So he's number one for me right now. He's high on my list, but he was one last week. I think I have him five this week. So just
1: kind of well, show you. Why is that? Because I've, I've fallen in love. It's uh, there's oh, love at yeah, it we'll, yeah, we'll it first it. sight for my, for my top guy. It's really more that, I mean, Jalen Smith to me, I think is a surefire guy that has a role in the NBA. Great. I don't know if all the other pieces come together, but he can shoot the three. He can block some shots. I, you know, I, I think at worst, yeah, like, I mean, I think he could be
0: Miles. You think it could be Miles Turner? You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you can add
2: um, rim protection and and that guy has a prayer of developing into something on the other end of the
1: court, yeah. that's pretty appealing at twenty two. I love this question. Uh-huh. I wasn't going to go here, but is there a Doug Molone? Um, it might. It might be he- Sadiq Bay. It might be <laughs> Sadiq Bay all, all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> for people about that, that don't actually. know, vote did uh he he did a, created a player on NBA two K or NBA what one was it? Two K two K, yeah. Two K, yeah. So he created a player and did a season with him. I was so gonna NBA run it back, and... but there's there's no off seasons. So. There's no off season. Here we go. <laughs> All right Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith, you know what though is funny about him? And I talked to Kristen Peek for the Yahoo about this specific thing. And apparently his nickname in high school was sticks. Yeah. But then when he got to the, he worked so hard on his body that now you look at him and yes, he could get a little bit stronger, but now he looks like a normal prospect to I me. Mean, he doesn't look like a skinny guy. I think he's a guy that could add muscle and look good. a little top heavy.
2: I think if he adds more muscle, you'd probably like to see it like, yeah. on, on the bottom half. For okay. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: What, um, Vote, what about you? Number one pick.
2: Man, I, I've said it a lot. I like Josh Green. I think if yeah. you feel like a 3 and D guy, um, I just think this guy's going to be ready. I also think there's a tiny chance. Um, I don't think this is why you're drafting him, icing on the cakes type of, type of stuff. Tiny chance that this is a guy who had a lot more talent um, than sort of the injuries would tell that story. Uh, and, and by the time he got to Arizona and was playing, he was sort of asked to fill a very specific role. Don't think we necessarily know that he can't do more than that um, as a 3 and D, a guy who can slash and attack and overzealous closeout. Um, maybe there's more to his game. But I just think that that he's going to be a guy who, who's ready to enter the back end of the rotation sooner rather than later um, in, in a spot where Denver could use it.
1: Yeah. He's number two on my list, and I, I like him a lot. If Denver – there's there's two or three guys that if Denver I, – I would say there's two guys to me that if Denver winds up with him, I'm going to like have the fist bump. And Josh Green's one of them um I I would be really just optimistic about that like I think the Denver he's the type of player that has a foundation in place to become a much better player like to really grow his offensive game and defensively I think he's elite already like he'll every team will turn him into an elite defensive player so to me he's um he's really really high on my list and if Denver takes him at 22 I'm gonna feel really good about it
0: yeah he's number two on my list as well uh I just think like he's super projectable six six really strong uh the the kind of background on him seems really good too like a really, really good, kid good who's a really worker good. Uh-huh. um I like that he's from Australia I know it doesn't really matter but I like it
1: <laughs> you're pandas <pan-rated. laughs>
0: so no yeah, it's I've cool it does it's two. cool
2: it's a pipeline pick and totally. I like t- in terms of toughness just like I don't know you say he has an AFL background right like this is a big strong dude he's I don't think he's afraid of of the next leap physically.
1: That is the thing about that Australian league, right, is there's a, you know no blood, no foul. It's a very physical league. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Green, I think, is fantastic. He would he be really, really good. My number one, and look, Denver's not going to take this guy with a 22nd pick, but it's the guy that I actually like more than everyone in the draft, and that's why I have him here. So if Denver is to acquire this guy, I think it's through buying a pick in the second round and getting him but i would be as hype look monte was taken in the second round tyler Lydon in the first sometimes that's just the way it works out and it's of course paul Reed. i talked about him a little bit last week only since then have i've only fallen more in love with this prospect and i'm telling you guys for years you know this vote you know this too harrison for three four years going all the way back to denver stiffs i've been talking about how much that offensive fit with kenneth farid works because of that, what I call the dunker spot gravity, right? Along the br- baseline. Everybody thinks you have to be a three point shooter to stretch the court. Well, Denver has Jamal Murray. They got Will Barton and Gary Harris. Like, okay, those guys are hit or miss, but they stretch the court. You got Michael Porter Jr. I think it's going to be an elite floor spacer. And you got Jeremy Grant that spaces the floor. You got Jokic that straight spaces the floor. You got Bol Bol that could potentially space the floor someday. Monte Morris. Denver has a lot of guys that can space the floor. So having one that can't, if they provide the other type of gravity, I think is so important. And to me, Paul Reed represents that. 6'9", a seven foot two wingspan. Almost identical measurables to Taj Gibson. Very athletic, super long reach, super long wingspan. Um, And if you look at him, to me, he's a combination of these players: Kenneth Fareed, Taj Gibson, Paul Millsap, Kenyon Martin. A little bit of he he has a little bit of those of those skill sets. Very, very, very athletic, quick, quick jumper. Very light on his feet, but also a guy that I think has good instincts for the weak side rotation. This is the number one thing you need around Jokic is a weak side rim protector. That's what he Mm -hmm. is. I think he projects to be elite at that on the defensive end, and he's aggressive. Like, he doesn't. You know he doesn't you know jeremy grant can be like a good defender but sometimes maybe not like su- i think i think that um paul reed will be one of those guys that's like constantly on the hunt defensively you know just locked in waiting for the opportunity mm. to pounce almost like a birdman. chris anderson um so i love him defensively and then offensively just such a quick um jumper has great instincts for playing the dunker spot staying on the right side of the court rotating around to create the most spacing for whatever you know the on-ball action is and then he has good i know this is a weird thing to say He has very good anticipation for when the pass is coming, so he begins stepping into his catch... And, and jump before the pass arrives. I saw this with him over and over and over again. And I just think he's gonna be one of those guys that you step up on Jokic when he's rolling to the basket. Jokic finds that guy every time. And Paul Reed dunks on you every time. One of the best finishers in NCAA. I'm, I love this dude. I can't figure out why he's he's fallen so far. I think it's a lot because he can't shoot very well and his shot is disgusting and his handle is robust. I think it can grow over time. And I think most teams can't build around a four that can't shoot anymore because they have a five that can't shoot or they have a three that can't shoot. Denver doesn't have that problem. Jokic can stretch the court. Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant, they can afford this guy. I just think to me, I would be so convinced that he would be a great fit in Denver and a guy that Malone would love, Jokic would love. He would just fit so well. I I can't believe, and I've watched him, I can't believe how high I
0: am on this guy. I really like him too. Um I, again, like you said, I don't know if he's in play at 22, but um if the Nuggets were to trade back or trade into the second round for a pick, I would love Paul Reed. His athleticism, like, he, it's he just jumps off the page. He, he jumps off freak. the screen. He's, 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 he's a, freak a freak athlete. Reed,
1: one of the best athletes in this, and he happens to be 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan.
0: Yeah. Like- he can jump out of the gym. He's quick. He's fast. He can, like, get up and down the floor really quickly. And, um, You mentioned like his uh, his second jump, his shot blocking skills, like his anticipation ability. That's like that could be what like makes him into like a starter level guy in due time. Now, I think one of the knocks on him is like he goes for too many shot blocks. Like sometimes he's just like over antsy with trying to block shots. So that will be something he has to clean up. But um, Denver would be a great spot for him there's like his athleticism would fit so nice with what nuggets already have going in their front court. And they could kind of take their time with him as well, which I think he needs.
2: When I look at Paul Reed, I see the future Danny Ainge wants. There's just like the 2030 NBA is just going to be like a hundred Paul Reeds flying around, switching <laughs> everything, you know? Um, he's just, he's, he, a he, he, he's a long boy. He's a long boy. Cause
1: that wingspan ta- is just so long
2: and quick man like a ton of potential yep. versatility to me just a terror just kind of like the, the when you watch the playoffs and you just go man i wish i had four or five of those types of bodies to just send out right. there and go flying i mean paul reed's just one of those guys so i agree with you that the 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 touch the offensive sort of skill set i mean it's a fit thing and in denver how much does that matter so if you say more athletic paul Millsap, i say i'm in
1: well, Paul Millsap's so smart that Paul Reed, I don't think is quite as smart right. of a defender. Like Paul, you right. talk about how Paul Reed can jump for shot fakes and stuff, but Millsap never had that problem in part because he's such a ground bound player. But I just think Paul Reed, I mean, he really is a mixture of all the power forwards that have come through Denver that have just been so great. And I think Taj Gibson is probably the number one comp to him. So it's like, It's like with jeremy grant i've talked about this a lot i think jeremy grant is a little overrated by denver nuggets fans in part because the stuff he can't do just doesn't matter on denver because denver has already has their top end talent i think the same thing is true of paul reed and this is why he's fallen is people are like yeah but he's not going to stretch the floor Okay, not too concerned about that. I think Denver can survive. Well, he's not good. You can't really handle it. He's not, you can't give him the ball. It doesn't matter. Don't want him to. Like, I actually don't want him dribbling. I think I just want him dunking and offensive rebounding, which he is elite at. And uh, you know, I love this comment. He's such a Raptor. Exactly. Because the Raptors find yep. really good players. I mean, he's such a Raptor so um I, I would love for for denver to, to get in on the running all right let's take another break and then on the other side we'll get um we'll get into some of our other prospects including a couple second rounders and then it looks like james harden a new shams report does in fact want out of houston it's all happening we'll talk about it on the other side.
0: <laughs> yeah guys we got a green mountain dental group a lot of us here at dnvr we go to green mountain dental group to get our teeth cleaned to get cavities filled to get what other uh dental work we need done Uh, they're awesome people to go to. They care about their patients. They actually reach out to you after you go in for a visit at Green Mountain Dental Group. Just ask you how your experience was. So uh, they're customer first. Like I said, we've had a lot of people at the NVR go in there, get uh, wisdom teeth pulled, get cavities filled, whatever you need. They do a great job. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, they're going to hook it up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. So you don't have to... uh, Go to King Zupers and get like a two or three dollar toothbrush every couple of months. And you never have to do that again with a Sonic Air toothbrush. So hit up Green Mountain Dental Group today. And uh Strava Craft Coffee today, I believe, is the last day you can get this, guys. Until midnight tonight, Monday night, all DNVR members can receive 30% off their purchase at Strava. If you are a member, I believe you got an email about how to retrieve your 30% off Strava code. Of course, Strava Craft Coffee, packed with CBD. It's been known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, other aches and pains. And IBS. IBS too. Don't forget about IBS. Don't forget through tonight, about my IBS. Through me. Monday night at midnight, DNVR members can get 30% off their purchase at Strava.
1: Yeah. All right. So you guys can see here, um, pulling up uh, the report from, from Shams, a little sham wow here. James Harden apparently wants to be a contender elsewhere. I love that they put that because I'm not sure Houston is a contender anymore. So you could have dropped the elsewhere. It seems a little redundant. He wants to be on a contender. Um, and Brooklyn and Philadelphia are believed to be as desired trade destinations. First off, two Eastern Conference teams. It's like a – sounds like a small minor win here. Not that this is going to happen, but if Harden is to be traded, I would much rather him be to the east and not to create another juggernaut in the west where it just seems like everybody is. Um but it just seems like this story is picking up a little bit of a little bit of steam now, um, as you kind of expect. I do, sure uh,
0: I, I do love how here. Uh, I do love how they are setting up, or I don't even know who they is. Is it uh then, <laughs> maybe but, maybe it's Danny Ainge, but he's setting up Brooklyn and Philadelphia to bid for Harden like against each other now. I love it.
1: Does yeah, <laughs> um, Danny Ainge might be Harden the greatest <laughs> maybe <he's> <laughs> <laughs> What were you gonna say, vote? Bo- Nope. We just lost (laughs) him. Okay. Um, Harrison, give us – so we have Paul – I'm sorry, we have Paul Reed off the table. I know
0: he's not on your guys' board. We have Josh Green. No, Paul Reed's on my board. Paul Reed's on my board. I'm in. in. You're in? I sold you on him? All right. I'm
1: I'm telling you, like, if Denver moves the 22nd pick and buys into the second round and gets Paul Reed, I'll be like, perfect. We got a guy that I can be excited about for the future. And even if they take someone at 22 – I would still love for them to do that. They have roster spots to gain. I would, Paul Reed. I'm just, I'm so in on him. I, and okay. the funny thing is, is I, I actually think he would be good on like Minnesota. I think he might be good in Dallas. I don't know that he'd be good in too many other places. So this is almost a self fulfilling prophecy thing. Whereas if he's with Denver, I'm gonna feel great. But if he goes to like Sacramento, he's probably gonna suck, and people will be like, "That was a horrible pick, Adam." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm ready for that. Um Apparently Shams tweeted out Orlando and then deleted
0: it quick. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, so
1: cool. I
0: don't think Orlando is in contention for James Harden. I don't think they're uh, <laughs> they're betting against Philly and Brooklyn. I don't think so. Um a couple other guys that are on my board. Um I'm I'll talk about these guys together because I think they kind of bring similar things to the table. Xavier Tillman and Isaiah Stewart, uh, two big men who Again, kind of like um, Sadiq Bay. I don't think they're going to be all-star type guys. Yeah, but especially I two and Actually, both yeah, of them, really. I think they're going to be like eight to ten-year players in the league and maybe like career backups, but really solid backups who, you know, can kind of bolster the front court for Denver, who, you know, has yeah. a little bit of an uncertainty going forward. Uh, at the five spot behind Nikola Jokic. So I think both those guys. wingspan,
1: by the way. Isaiah Stewart, seven foot four wingspan. I mean, he has a, he has a, I mean, that's crazy.
0: I I think both those guys, great motors on both of them. They're going to play super hard for you. They're going to embrace their role, which we know is really important, particularly with bench guys. Uh, I feel like they'll both check off that box. And both didn't really shoot the three in college, but I'm a believer in both their jump shots. too. I think they could be projectable shooters hmm are you back vote
2: i am <laughs> did i miss the james harden conversation it's not interesting
1: it really I, wasn't but... it really wasn't yeah. one okay. um, I, I guess maybe tomorrow we're gonna have to end up talking about james harden to denver like i don't know what i don't really want to talk about that no, we're, not, we're, we're not gonna talk about we, we, yeah, we guess we don't have <laughs> to talk about it um, so he went with isaiah stewart and xavier tillman as other guys there at 22. um do you have a take on either of those guys
2: Um, Well, I I was going to ask what we thought of Stewart because there's just so much connection to Denver, and it seems like a guy we haven't talked about a ton. I mean, I I don't want to be redundant because I missed Win's piece. It just – Stewart to me seems like I I think a a more contained, safer pick in that you're drafting this guy to fill a role, and you probably wouldn't project him to fill anything outside of – traditional backup five
0: yeah he, he's yeah. a backup five he, he's a i think a high floor low ceiling type guy uh he's gonna hustle he's gonna crash the glass he's gonna be physical inside uh, my biggest concern about him is i think he measured like six eight in shoes. short but he's, he's got so a long. big wingspan I mean, seven four yeah. wingspan but he's just small uh so that's probably my, my my big concern about uh stewart but i really like tillman like he, he, the Area where he probably differs from Stuart Tillman is just like he's a much more offensively inept player. Yeah, kind of like Cade Sand right here. He can make that short – uh, that pass off the short roll. Uh, he can do a lot more things offensively than Stuart who really in college was just like a back-to-the-basket big.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, Those guys
1: are on my list as well. I wouldn't be necessarily like – excited. If they got there, I would be disappointed. I just would be like, okay, all right, I thought that one guy I saw today that was connected to Denver and the I think the most accurate mock drafts are Mike Schmitz and Jonathan Cavoni. I just think they're the most plugged in guys and they seem to always know and they today had Malachi Flynn as Denver's pick and makes me a little nervous because I'm not gonna lie. He's not on my board. He's not in my top 10 really short guard. You want to give me the rundown on him? Which one of you guys did the report on Malachi Flynn?
0: Uh, I did and Malachi Flynn, another another late first round guy who, in my opinion, is like high floor, low ceiling, and he projects as a yeah. backup point guard to me. Uh, he's a straight Shade backup, Monte point guard.
1: maybe a little bit, maybe.
0: Uh, but I just don't think that's what Denver should be targeting in uh, the first round as a backup point guard. Um, Malachi Flynn, gifted shooter, very good in the pick and roll, very savvy with the ball, um, but he's small also. He's like one, uh, maybe 6'2". beats right. on defense, but I just don't know if, like, the ceiling is there for him to be the guy at 22.
2: Yeah, it seems redundant. I mean, you got Monte, or you're thinking about sort of going a different direction with that sort of role in PJ, <laughs> right? So I, I – I guess you could understand it, but I think this is one of the this would be one of the more anticlimactic picks the Nuggets could make extremely. It. You talked about a fist bump. I think we would look at each other and maybe kind of shrug our shoulders a little yeah, bit. So, he's
0: one of the risers though. It it seems like he is one of the guys that's been rising up boards because I think like two months ago he was a second round pick. Now he's being talked about in the early twenties.
1: I think that's But when you ask about Monte, you know, he's in line to be paid here shortly. And I think worth more than what Denver's going to need in terms of they need a backup point guard. That's they don't need a great backup point guard. They need a good one. And Monte Morris is kind of a great one. So maybe this is a looking around the corner. Malachi Flynn comes in for one year understudy next year. He takes over that that role. So I could see it. But again, to your point, I just that's not a fist pump moment. Maybe it turns out to be great, but um, I just I just don't know about him. I want to go finish now by going a little bit deep. I think Tyler. Bay is another one that would intrigue me. We talked about him in the last show, but he's a little bit like a taller Torrey Craig. I think he's a really good defensive player. Um, I think he can be like an elite defensive player at the NBA level and guard a lot of positions, a lot of length, but offensively, just super limited. He is a CU guy, so there's that. I've heard Desmond Bained a lot. Another couple names, though, a little bit later, that I'm there's two guys I want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet. One is Isaiah Joe, and this is another second rounder. If Denver, you know, maybe Denver does make this trade and they get three or four pieces going out the door and only one or two coming in. And now you look at it and you go, we got to fill up our roster. If you manage to grab a couple seconds, Paul Reed, of course, is my number one. But Isaiah Joe is an interesting one, um, you know, long, uh, I believe, six foot five, 180, so he's kind of a Will Barton build. Very good three-point shooter. He took t- almost 11 threes per game this last season at Arkansas. Only 34%, but he was 41.5% the year before. I think he's a very good shooter that just has, like, an inc- insane volume. And I love the balance on his shot. He can shoot off of every type of motion, off the dribble, going left, going right, left foot, right foot, right foot, left foot. I mean, he could just – I think – you talk about some guys and they're like good catch and shoot shooters or this and that i think isaiah joe projects to be one of those guys you can count on to do every type of shooting um he's just a little small i think that that's one of the things he's got that will barton built so he'd have to really you know really become wiry strong because that's 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 his upside but elite i think he could be a really really good shooter
2: what, what's he playing in the nba
1: is he a two he's a, probably a two yeah he's probably a straight two and he can handle it a little bit he's not going to be elite probably not even as good as will barton or anything like that but he's not going to be a guy that you can't, can't he's probably in between gary and barton as a ball handler i would say mm. but better shooter than both of them or projects to be a better shooter than both of them yeah.
0: he should be an incredible shooter he's got super deep range too like he's got like logo type range so yeah
1: i like him a lot and then lastly Tell me if this profile sounds good to you guys or or sounds like something denver might be interested in okay university of kentucky guard but was outshined a little bit by some of the other guys in his class six foot three 188 pounds a little small but a little you know small but wiry and long from baltimore um (laughs) baltimore city league champion very tough inner baltimore kid um and a little bit overlooked would fall to the second round can shoot the ball this is Emmanuel Quickly, by the way, I'm talking about yeah, here. he's on my Can, list too. And so he's another guy that I think Denver could maybe be interested in. Ryan Blackburn actually threw this guy to me the other day, and I started taking a look. To me, I like him, don't love. A little too small. I just This small guy is, I'm just not in on, but he could be a guy where, again, if they like a point guard, and that's why Malachi Flynn is attached to him, maybe you end up delaying that a year, and you go to the second round, you get this guy. Maybe he works, maybe he doesn't. You only had to pay a little bit of cash to get him.
0: I like it. Um, all right. I'll give you uh, two guys here. Uh, let's see here. Cassius Stanley. Yeah. Out of the second Duke.
1: Cassius in this, this class. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not
0: the point guard out of Michigan State, the wing out of Duke. This guy is a future dunk contest champion. <clears throat> um, absolute ridiculous athlete. And he can shoot the three, too. Uh, now I don't know what else he's going to do. I, I can't see him like being a factor on defense anytime soon. He's got a ways to go as a playmaker, but I think he's intriguing potentially in the second round. Um, here's a, a, another guy that I think is super interesting and is actually mocked to go in the second round on ESPN's latest mock, Justinian Jessup, who's a Colorado kid, uh, played at Boise State. He's a six-seven wing. Forty percent from three last year on eight attempts per game at Boise State. Kind of giving me Duncan Robinson vibes. Mm. Kind of giving me Duncan Robinson vibes. But a little bit a slow name.
1: defensively, right? That's the that's the idea. Is maybe he can't guard. Mm. That's that's what I've read sure. about. Him, but
0: sure. I mean, who knows? Second round, uh, uh, you know, late, late second round. Why not? Yeah.
2: One well, name the three of us haven't really talked about at all. I know there are a ton of injury concerns. A lot of value, a lot of talent in Kelly and Tilly, who would be available mm-hmm. in the second round almost certainly. Um, this is a guy who is probably going to be a lethal three-point shooter. We've got our comp down in there as Davis Bertans. But there's some Jokic ball stuff here too. This is a good passer, good quick decision maker, just strong feel for the game. That said, I think he either missed time or underwent a procedure in each of his four seasons at Gonzaga. ton of injury concerns. What was already a somewhat limited athletic profile um, is, is sort of Written in stone now. After these injuries, he won't have a ton of versatility, but a lot of value. I think at whoever goes ahead and gets Tilly in the second round might be a Jokic
1: player. Vill- Villanova, Gonzaga, like there's there, uh, maybe w- Wichita State. You know, there's certain schools where I'm like, yeah, those guys, they're they're gonna know what to do. You know, they're not gonna have to, like overcoach them early on right. in their career. They right. they kind of mm-hmm. know. So he's a, he's an interesting one as well. I'm excited, man. There's so many. Look at how we came up with, like, 20 prospects to talk about today. That's how many there guys there are that are just kind of intriguing for Denver. Um, should be great. Again, guys, don't forget... On Wednesday, five o'clock, pull us up on your TV, the YouTube. You have a smart TV. People are laughing at me, but I'm telling the olds this because uh, I, I am one of the old the so You old. have a TV, you can pull up YouTube right on it. Watch us right there. We're going to be having uh, some great guests on. George Carl's going to come on. You can see George Carl in the timeline right now, guys. Very adamant that Denver gets rid of Michael Porter Bowl. Everything, <laughs> whatever it takes to get Drew Holiday. He's very in Spicy on it. Spicy Twitter follow. George so Carl. we might. So I think we're actually going to have George Carl after. Mm. They trade for holiday. That's well, either they do that. or don't. Like I think by the time mm-hmm. we, we have George on, the move will either have happened or not happened, so it'll be interesting to hear from him. Um so it should be great. Five o'clock on Wednesday. It's gonna be absolutely fantastic show. I can't wait for it. Thanks everybody. Stay cl- um obviously stay connected to D N V R. Cover all this breaking news. We'll see you then.
0: Time and time again, guys, the one thing that will protect you during economic downturn is an education, allowing you to adapt into varying careers. So why not go and build your toolbox at MSU Denver Online? These are uncertain times that we live in. It's always good to be able to fall back on an education. And what I love the most about MSU Denver Online is they are super adaptable to whatever type of student you might be. If you're working a full-time job, you can still take a full course load or however many credits you want with MSU Denver online the teachers are, are super understanding that you know people who go to MSU Denver online they're not typical college freshmen all the time who are, are just kind of going to school on their parents money uh, that's not who the classic student at MSU Denver online is they like to cater to your needs. They're super responsive. If I would send an email to a teacher that I had for the class I took last summer with MSU Denver Online, they would get back to me right away. So it's an awesome education. It's a top-notch education, and it's one that's not going to break your bank as well. So check out their entire course list online, msudenver.edu online.